0: Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, the ruler of the Roman Empire, that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing in Syria. And this has been proved historically that this was a specific period in history. We know when it was. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city, to his hometown. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem or house of bread, because he was of the house and lineage of David. be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So he went to his hometown with Mary, his betrothed wife. She went with him. She's expecting baby Jesus. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. They gave them a stable to sleep in. The Catholic Church has built a church on top of where this was. This is believed to have taken place in a cave. That somehow it was a stable cave combination. Here he is born in the ground, as it were. It's interesting that he began his mission in the ground. And he ended it in the ground. <laughs> he came from the throne in glory. Can't get no higher than that. Down to Israel to live in some of the lowest elevation in terms of the earth's surface that there is and even lower than that, in the ground. And she wrapped him in swaddling cloths. Now what is this? This is strips of cloth. This is not a blanket. This is not a, a high-class situation. I mean, what a way to treat the Son of God. Not give him a room in the end. My goodness, if anything, give him your house and you go live in this stable. This is God's son about to be born, but they didn't know who he was. Verse 8, Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. That is a feed trough for animals. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, we read it together, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That's our text today. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that this verse, 14 of chapter 2 of Luke, would never be the same for each of us today. Lord, breathe life into us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. I would like to speak to you today on a subject entitled, The Christmas Bridge. Can we say The Christmas Bridge? bridge. The Christmas Bridge. The first phrase of our text says, Glory to God in the highest. The angels said this in unison. Glory to God in the highest. This is easy to understand because God is almighty. There is none mightier. Can I get an amen? amen? God is awesome. He has no opposite. You know, the opposite of light is dark. The opposite of cold is heat. The opposite of God is no one. Oh, what about the devil? Well, he's not his opposite. Uh, God's not some yin-yang creature up there in the sky balancing the powers of good and evil. No, he is all good and he is awesome. Amen. He has those who would oppose him, but they're not opposite him. God is, in the Hebrew word, El Elyon, the Most High God. There is no high like the Most High. All the addicts who have been set free say, Amen! Yeah. <laughs> on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. On earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Now, we often think of these words together. Glory to God on the highest. On earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Isn't Christmas Wonderful. But let's think about this. This is something the earth does not have very much of. We can see that we need it in every place. Read the front cover of the Hood County News. You can see we need it in every place. Watch the news. We cannot create it. Our sins separate us from God and from one another. We cannot maintain peace on earth and goodwill toward men because our own selfishness robs us. It's hard sometimes to have it in our homes because of our need for help. We can manufacture counterfeits for peace. But genuine peace only comes when the King of kings and Lord of lords truly reigns. We're talking about the Christmas bridge today. Christmas is about bridging the gap that exists between glory to God in the highest and peace goodwill towards men on earth. That's a huge gap because we don't have that without him, and we need that from him. And Christmas is where God bridged the gap. You know, when you build a bridge sometimes in ancient cultures, they would shoot an arrow with a string on it across a chasm that you're trying to connect, make a road, a pass, or go over water. You'd shoot something with a string on it, and then that string would pull something heavier Heavier string, and then that string would pull a rope, and then that rope would pull a heavier rope, and then that rope would pull a cable, and then that would pull several cables. Before long, you got something strung across there that you begin to use to build, to connect the two sides that are apart. In building this bridge, the Christmas bridge, God didn't send a string, He sent His Son. Is that not awesome? I love bridges. The nature of God is that of a bridge. He has these things within Himself that you would call paradoxes or contradictions, but in Him they become one. He is beginning and the end. What a bridge. He is the first and the last. He is the builder and foundation of the church. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is both mercy and truth. You know, as humans, sometimes we err on the side of mercy or we err on the side of truth. Error on the side of mercy can get you in trouble, and erring on the side of truth can leave you with no friends. (laughs) He is Word and Spirit. And this is the most awesome bridge. He is Alpha and Omega. He's the Aleph and Tav in Hebrew. He is love. He is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. All in one. He's an awesome being. A bridge reflects who he is. And we need the Christmas bridge because we are lost and needy. We're separated from God, we're separated from one another. Who knows? We need some help. We need a bridge. Job said it like this when his friends were trying to comfort him, and sometimes they were doing the opposite. In chapter 1 of Job 9, he said, Truly I know it is so, but how can a man be righteous before God? You know, they said, you know, if you're righteous, God's going to bless you. Things are going to work out. Your children must have sinned. He says, I know it's true God blesses the righteous, but how can a man be righteous before God? If one wished to contend with him, he could not answer him. One time out of a thousand. All his sin, the Bible says, and fallen short of the glory of God. So our sin separates us from God. There's no one righteous before him without his help. I love verse 8. He alone spreads out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. Oh, we got a prophetic clue as to who Jesus is. He walked on water. Verse 32, He is not a man as I am, that I may answer him, and that we should go to court together. Nor is there any mediator between us who may lay his hand on us both. As believers, we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, which means we're to walk in unity with one another. But sometimes, disunity happens. Who knows that? Sometimes it happens. Sometimes you need a third party to come alongside the two that are separated through misunderstanding or sin or whatever and help peace to take place. That's our condition before God. We need a third party. Thank God for Christmas. The third party came and bridged the gap between us and God. Jesus is that bridge. He is Emmanuel God most high with us most low. He is God manifested in the flesh. He is divine. He's the son of God and the son of man at the same time. He's a bridge. He came in His Father's name and He sends the Holy Spirit in His name. He is awesome. He's the Redeemer and the ransom. He's the payment needed to pay for our sins, to free us from the bondage that we were in. And He's not only the payment, He's the one who pays it. He's our high priest and sacrifice. He's our salvation and our Savior. Here's the word that wraps it all together. He's the mediator. He's that one that comes alongside us to help us work it out. In the Greek, the word mesites, we say mesites, means a go-between, a reconciler, one who intervenes between two, either in order to make or restore peace and friendship, to form a compact to ratify or solidify a covenant, an arbitrator, that is Jesus. That's what Christmas is about. He came to be the bridge between us and heaven. 1 Timothy 2, 5, and 6 says, There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all we say Jesus is a bridge. bridge. He is that one mediator. Hebrews 9.15 ends with these words. He is the mediator of a new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. The Bible is made of two books or two volumes of books. 39 books in the first volume is called the Old Testament. 27 books in the second volume Called the New Testament. The Old Testament was established by Moses, set up by over 600 laws. That if you violated one of them, you were guilty before God and in need of a sacrifice to atone for your sins. God established this through Moses to show us the seriousness of sin and to show us our sinful condition. For if there had not been a law, we would all think we were perfect. Aren't you glad you're sitting by somebody that was potty trained? We all have to be taught to learn the difference between right and wrong. So the law is our teacher to show us that we're wrong and that we need God's goodness. The new covenant is better. The old covenant showed us that we're wrong, showed us that we need to be ransomed. The new covenant is the answer to the old covenant. It is the ransom. The Savior came and paid the price. And so that through faith in what He did for us, we can begin a relationship with Him and day by day in walking with Him, seeking to follow Him, read His Word and pray and fellowship with one another, we begin to change. Who is not the same person you were 10 years ago? We begin to change. We begin to grow. This is a better covenant. The old covenant could only condemn you. The new covenant, transforms us and this is through the work of the mediator who came at the end of the old covenant and established the new this is jesus not only did he bridge the gap between the old and new testaments he bridged the gap between us and god between us and eternal life through his work on the cross He took on the curse of sin, which was separation from God. I don't know if it was a moment. I don't know if it was hours. But he tasted what it was like to be separated from God when he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He didn't deserve that. We do. But through his taking our place and taking on what we deserve, By proxy, He took our place. We, by faith, walk into His place. You see, He was our substitute. He died for us so that we could live for Him. He was naked for us so that we could be clothed with His righteousness. He was poor for us so that we could be rich in Him. He came down so that we could go up. He came out so that we could come in. Is our bridge. Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you. Help us, Lord, and never forget the awesomeness of the bridge that you built for us. The bridge of faith. Thank you, Lord. You know the cross has two pieces. Vertical and horizontal. Vertical, pointing to heaven. He hung on the vertical beam to pay for the sin that separated us from God. He hung on the horizontal beam to pay for the sins that separate us from one another. That person that hurts you that needs to pay that must be punished. Has been redeemed. The ransom has been paid. Jesus paid it all. Can we say all? all? We are to be bridges like him. To walk in the reality of the horizontal part of the cross. Second Corinthians 5 says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation and he goes on to say that word is to tell people be reconciled to God but how can we preach that word of being reconciled to God if we can't be reconciled with one another Verse 20, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He became the sin of man so that we could become the righteousness of God so that we can stand in his place on earth And encourage people to be reconciled to God, to share the gospel, the good news with them. Jesus paid for your sins. You don't have to live in shame. You don't have to keep masking your pain with substances. There's a Savior who can come and wash your heart and make you new. There's hope. And so it is we walk in the reality of reconciliation when we lead people to Jesus. We also walk in the reality of reconciliation where we forgive the sins and reconcile with those who sinned against us. And sometimes to be able to do that, we need a third party to help us. And so if you're ever that third party, that is also your ministry, to be a minister of reconciliation to help two brothers and sisters or three or four or five or half a dozen that are at odds to help them come to peace. That is part of our ministry. If you want to be a true friend to your friend when they are when upset at another friend, don't take sides. Minister reconciliation. Now with that, let me give a word of wisdom. Sometimes you've got to make room for Jesus, but that is not for the rest of your life. Sometimes a person can be so toxic that all there is is conflict when you communicate with them. So you back off, make a little distance. Don't cut them off. Just make a little distance. And don't hang out with them and greet them and love them from a distance. And a little later, attempt to make inroads again. That and I have someone in our family that's very toxic and is very painful. We had to back off and make room for Jesus for a couple years. But in the last few months, man, things have worked out and changed between us to where we can truly love them again. Have they really changed? I don't know. You know. I don't know. But Jesus is about reconciliation. And he's the one who does the changing. We don't. Right? So when you reconcile with someone, you don't just stand there with your hands on your hips. Have you changed? Have you changed yet? Have you changed? No, you just reconcile and lead it to God. You know, God, please deal with your child. We are to be bridges like Jesus is. This is a counterfeit bridge that the world has. How do you survive Christmas? Put a little alcohol with it and you can get along with anybody. Well, I know some folks, that backfires. If you embrace this theory, you better use some moderation. This holiday, I want it to be the best Christmas that you've had. That's my desire. That's my Christmas wish for every member of this church. The best Christmas, not that you get everything you want in the material world. If you get it, it will break and, and there you are. And the extended warranties aren't worth the paper they're written on sometimes. And it can be frustrating. The batteries don't last long enough. And Kids have more fun with the box the toy came in than the money you spent on the toy in it, you know. My desire is you have the best Christmas you ever had because you enjoy the fruits of reconciliation. That you're able to to be a bridge. Able to embrace. I saw a cartoon one time where a guy said, uh, he stood up in a meeting, it was like a Bible study obviously, and said, Now, teacher, if the first will be last, and the last will be first, why can't I be part of the mediocre middle? We don't want to be part of the mediocre middle. We are called to be part of the radical middle. Can we say radical middle? I know in the political realms, that's a term that's sometimes used to distinguish themselves from the Republicans and Democrats and independents. And I'm part of the radical middle. I agree with this one and I agree with that one. You know what a libertarian is? A Republican that got caught with weed. I'm sorry. All right, I better stop. Trying to build a bridge here. (laughs) Let's bow our heads. Lord, I pray that you would touch each and every heart in this place. You would uh, speak to our hearts and show us where we need to make an adjustment. That we can walk out the reality of you being a bridge. Make us bridges like you. In Jesus' name, amen. In bridging gaps, I want to change your thinking of of taking sides. We don't necessarily have to take sides. In fact, being extreme in an area can lead to mediocrity. And what illustrates this is a battery. A battery has a negative and a positive pole. You want a mediocre battery? Only connect to one side. Life lies in embracing things that may appear to contradict, but embrace. In marriage, the prophecy that happened there in Genesis 3 says, The two shall be one. And a preacher said, And God laughed for eternity after he said that. A miracle happened in our marriage the day Yvette and I received one another as God's perfect gift. Now, we are opposites as opposites can be. But to completely accept another human being just like they are, is it brings life. I can only speak for myself. I don't know about Yvette. But when she received me as God's perfect gift, just like I am to her, and she embraced me in that, it was probably felt to her like she was hugging a porcupine. But life comes when we embrace those things that we don't want to. Let's stand. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace, His shalom peace in every area of your life. May you be a distributor of the peace of God in Jesus. We have another water baptism in a few minutes. Mr. Austin's going to be baptized. Praise the Lord.